from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Tell me, Samantha, how much are you paying for a liter of gas over there in New Zealand? A liter of gas. I think I paid something like two ninety-eight for one liter last time I filled up. That's New Zealand dollars. Of course. What's the going rate in Japan? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't drive. Oh, of course. There's no need to. Living in Tokyo, you have access to an amazing network of trains and subways. I do. Absolutely no reason for me to own a car. You are very fortunate. I wouldn't be able to get around without a car here in New Plymouth, a very important part of life. You know, in the entire time I have lived in Japan, I have never owned a car. And the more I think about it, I have only been behind the wheel once or twice. Which is not great because I love driving. I do too. The independence it gives you to go anywhere you like, anytime you like. It's just too bad that driving is so bad for the environment. But that's all changing. Just look at the shift to electric vehicles that is transpiring around the world. True, but even EVs are not the best. They still require a massive amount of electricity to be produced, which requires fossil fuels like coal-fired power plants which just adds to the carbon emission problem. Have you been following the advancements in carbon capture technology? Carbon capture? Technology that removes CO2 from the atmosphere? That is one of the methods, yes. I've heard bits and pieces, but I am not up on recent developments. It's getting a lot of attention now as pressure is building on governments around the world to reach net zero emissions by 2050. Oh, I'm aware that it was discussed at the COP28 in Dubai at the end of last year. It was, yes. But it has both advocates and critics. Most things related to climate change have two sides. Is this what we will be talking about today? Carbon capture? Yes, it is. Today on Down to Business English, we are going to be taking a look at what exactly carbon capture is, along with the arguments for and the arguments against using this technology. Cool. I would like to know more about this. Then let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with carbon capture, climate saving technology, or fossil fuel enabler. Why don't you start by giving us the 30,000-foot view of carbon capture? That's a perfect place to start. The idea behind this technology is to capture carbon dioxide and remove it from the atmosphere. Hmm, that sounds very appealing. Especially when you consider that in order to reach the target of net zero carbon emissions by 2050, the world needs to be capturing about one gigaton of CO2 a year by 2030. That's according to the International Energy Agency. One gigaton? That's hard to fathom. 
It's equivalent to 1 billion metric tons, if that helps. I'm not sure it does, but it's an incredible amount. I get that. So how does this carbon capture technology work? There are two different approaches. One method is referred to as point source CCS. CCS. Carbon capture and storage. And it captures carbon right from the source, like factory smokestacks or coal-fired power plants, and then stores the carbon underground. Or, instead of storing it, the carbon can be repurposed. Hmm. Repurposed? How? Oil companies, for instance, can use the carbon dioxide by pumping it back into the ground to help extract hard-to-get oil. Oh, hang on there a sec, Skip. Are you saying one application for this technology is to help produce more fossil fuels? That's exactly right. In fact, it is the big reason this technology is being endorsed by energy companies. Mm, Well, I don't know about that. It sounds a bit fishy. You are not the only one who thinks so. Critics fear that carbon capture might just be a way to prolong the use of oil and natural gas, rather than transitioning away from them. No kidding. That's my suspicion. But at the same time, point source CCS could help reduce the carbon footprint of many hard-to-abate sectors, like cement manufacturing and steel production. I know steel accounts for about 11% of CO2 emissions, and cement is around 8%. And I can't imagine a world without either of those materials. So, if we want to reach net zero by 2050 and keep using steel and cement to build things, something needs to be done. Hmm. And the other approach to carbon capture is to remove carbon directly from the atmosphere after it has been emitted from the source. Yes, that other approach is called DAC, or Direct Air Capture. Like the name implies, this DAC technology pulls carbon that has already been emitted into the atmosphere directly out of the air. Hmm, how does that work? They use high-powered fans to draw air into a facility, and then through using a series of chemical reactions, the carbon dioxide is separated from the air. And then the CO2 is stored underground, like with CCS? Or it can be used to produce synthetic fuels or in the making of industrial materials. Oh, I see. So the same criticism would apply to direct air capture as it does to CCS. Yes, but because DAC doesn't have to be at the source of the carbon emission like a coal-fired electric plant, more types of businesses can use DAC to reduce their footprint. What would an example of that be? A very good recent example would be All Nippon Airways, or ANA. Ah, commercial aviation is a major contributor to CO2 emissions. It is. And to get to net zero, ANA has signed a contract to purchase 30,000 tons worth of carbon credits from a carbon capture company by the name of 1.5 out of the U.S. This outfit will use DAC to absorb that amount of carbon dioxide directly from the air over three years 
starting in 2025. Good for ANA. They are actually the very first commercial airline to sign a contract to purchase credits involving DAC technology. Any idea what they paid for the credits? Hmm, that's a great question, but that information was not disclosed in their press release. Hmm, regardless, it's a step in the right direction. Perhaps, but there are a lot of hurdles that need to be cleared. For instance? The biggest hurdle is the economics. Carbon capture is extremely expensive. The current cost for CCS ranges from $15 to $130 per ton. Why such a wide range? Every source point the CO2 is collected from is unique, and the cost is very dependent on the requirements of each location. And DAC? Direct air capture ranges from $100 to $345 per ton. Much more expensive. Yes, but keep in mind that this industry is still in its infancy. As more carbon capture companies come online and more facilities are built, the cost should come down. So not only is carbon capture a potential weapon in the fight against climate change, it's potentially a new business sector. Potentially, yes. But the bottom line at the moment is that CCS and DAC do not have the capacity to remove the amounts of carbon necessary to make a difference. What about government involvement? Are they doing anything to help? Yes. The U.S., the second largest CO2 emitter on the planet, is investing billions of dollars through the Department of Energy, along with offering tax credits for carbon capture projects. And last summer, the European Commission announced that they are working on plans to speed up investment in CCS. It sounds like there's still a lot to figure out. Absolutely. The industry is evolving, and how it develops will be crucial in the fight against climate change. Or at least one tool that can be used. Yes. And on that note, I think it's time to get D2V down to vocabulary. Let's start with a noun that is in the title of today's show, an enabler. The basic meaning of an enabler is someone or something that makes it possible for someone to do something. They enable others. But it often has a negative connotation, doesn't it? In the noun form, yes, it does. So our title, Carbon Capture, a climate-saving technology or a fossil fuel enabler, we were asking if carbon capture technology will allow us to continue damaging the environment through the use of fossil fuels. That is the nuance of the title. But when you use the verb form, enable, the connotation depends on the context. It can be either positive or negative. Can you give us an example of that, Samantha? A good business manager enables their team by giving each member clear guidance and by supporting their decisions. You mean a good manager doesn't micromanage. Oh, that is exactly what I mean. I thought so. The next item on our D2V list is the casual expression, bits and pieces. 
This phrase communicates that you have some, but not complete knowledge on a topic. It is a handy phrase to use in a business meeting. It lets you show what you know, while making it clear to everyone that you do not know every part of the subject. It is very useful in those situations, yes. In today's report, Samantha said she had heard bits and pieces about carbon capture. In other words, she knew a little about the topic, but not everything. But after hearing your report, I now know much, much more. Bits and pieces can also be used in a situation where a story is developing and you are waiting for the most recent information. Hmm, what would be an example of this usage? Did you hear about that brand new Boeing 737 MAX 9 that lost a door mid-flight earlier this month? Oh yes, I did. Very frightening. Well, news is coming out in bits and pieces that it wasn't just that aircraft. Even more MAX 9s have similar safety issues. It wasn't just a single incident. No, it is slowly coming out that there may be some quality assurance issues at Boeing. We will have to wait and see until the investigation is finished to know for sure, though. Wow. There was a time I completely trusted Boeing. But after the issues they had with the 737 MAX 8 a few years ago, and now this, well, let's just say they are not the aviation industry leader they once were, at least in my eyes. No, they are not. And as it happens, our next item on D2V comes from the aviation world. And what would that be? The idiom, the 30,000 foot view, or the view from 30,000 feet. You can use this phrase to say you are looking at a situation or a problem from a high level point of view. You are focusing on the big picture rather than the tiny details. Exactly. Right at the beginning of our report, I asked Skip to give us the 30,000 foot view of carbon capture. I was asking him for a broad overview of the topic before we got into specific details. This idiom is particularly useful in business when you are broadly discussing a topic and don't want to get into too many of the small details. Can you give us an example of that, Skip? For example, when a CEO discusses the future direction of their company, they often take the 30,000 foot view. They outline the overall goals and vision to their managers rather than giving them specific step-by-step -step targets to get there. That's a great example. It's about seeing the whole landscape rather than focusing on each individual tree. Oh, nice analogy. The landscape versus individual trees. Thank you. Do you have another word on the D2V list? I do. Our next and final word on down to vocabulary for today is the verb to abate. When something abates, it becomes less strong or less severe. And we often use abate when we talk about something bad or something undesirable becoming weaker. In the report, I refer to cement manufacturing and steel making as hard to abate sectors. In other words, I was saying it is difficult to lessen carbon emissions or 
make emissions less severe in those industries. In a business context, you can use abate when you're discussing issues, challenges, or problems that are slowly being solved or not solved. For example, take all the layoffs in the tech sector over the past year. 12 months ago in January of 2023, just under 90,000 people lost their jobs. Although that was the worst month, the trend continued throughout the year. It seemed to be abating in August and September, but then it started ticking up again. So the layoffs are not abating. It doesn't look like it. Google, Amazon, YouTube, Twitch, and many other big tech companies have announced more layoffs just this month. Oh dear. 2024 might not be a good year to be an IT professional. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. Thanks, Skip, for filling me in on carbon capture. Although I had heard about this technology, I was not aware of the two different methods. It certainly has a lot of potential, but we will have to see if it can scale up to be effective in the climate change battle. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to keep on using my eco-friendly shopping bags at the grocery store. <laughs> okay, you do that. Although, from the 30,000-foot view, I'm not sure how effective that will be. Every little bit counts. Besides, using reusable bags enables me to feel like I'm doing my part in the race to net zero 2050. Roger that. D2B members, the bonus vocabulary for today's episode will air within the next 24 hours, so please be sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed. The five additional words and phrases we will focus on will be the going rate, to repurpose, to prolong, to be in one's infancy, and to figure something out. Great business vocabulary. You don't want to miss out on that episode. No, you don't. So if you are not subscribed to the member-only podcast yet, just go to your member account on the Down to Business English website and you will find your member-only RSS feed there. Then you can copy and paste it into your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, whichever one you like. But not Spotify. Ah, no, I'm afraid not. Not Spotify. For some strange reason, Spotify doesn't allow you to subscribe to RSS feeds that are not in their directory. But we are looking into working around that somehow. Hmm, stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. And if you are not a D2B member, consider becoming one. As a member, you will get all our bonus content and access to the AudioScript library. To become a member, go to d2benglish.com slash membership and sign up. That's d2benglish.com forward slash membership.
Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.